so when you leave um do you have to like completely like i don't know do you take like one last water slide like ride is that how that works like they just like say this is my final one and then you go right into the car or because i see you still have your your band on there you still have the the wristband for mount olympus it's for mount olympus which is america's not largest water park but uh it does have america's first slide wheel nathan you should you know what next year you want to get your um nature your northern wisconsin wonderfulness instead of going into the woods with our good friend jenny who was on season one come to the natural wonderland of america's water park capital of the world Hello, and welcome to episode number 30. Tiggy, we made it to number 30. We've had 30 of these of the Admissions Directors Lunchcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ament, Vice President of Enrollment Management at Loyola University, New Orleans. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Tej Matil, Director of Enrollment Success at Enroll ML. Tej, happy number 30. How are you doing? Oh my gosh, Nathan, I am so good. I am so excited for this episode. So am I. I am so excited for today because we are discussing authenticity in recruitment. And we've got some great guests, as always, to help us out. Tej, episode number 30. Do we need to do the format rundown? Yes, I think we do. One of the key things to note is in an episode about authenticity, we are reading from a script. Aside from that... Here's the format. You're very honest with our listeners. (laughs) Each week, Nathan and I, along with our guests, one influencer and one practitioner, will discuss a topic that is directly related to recruitment and admission. Our hope, our goal, our, our genuine belief is that by the end of your lunch hour, you, the listener, will have a good enough handle on the topic that you can implement tactics quickly, maybe even as early as this afternoon. So who will be joining us this week to discuss authenticity and recruitment? Yes, this week as our influencer guest, we have Carrie Caruso, College Scholarship Coordinator at Mount Carmel Academy in New Orleans, Louisiana. That sounds familiar. It it does sound familiar. Uh, I think this next one's going to sound even more familiar to you. As our practitioner guest, we have Kayla O'Keefe, Admissions (gasps) Advisor at Mount Mary University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We got Kayla? We got Kayla. Oh my goodness. Let's get started. Well, Tiggy, authenticity. Uh, I think you had a little preview of it as you Mm -hmm. let our listeners into how we record the podcast. Um, But how did we arrive at this topic? Why did we choose this topic? Yeah, this was, you know, when we did our our admissions director's lunchcast presentation at the Illinois ACAC conference, which, by the way, we're available for all of your favorite ACAC conferences, just email us. Uh, We put a call out to the the folks that were there to kind of give us tips and ideas on like, what what topics would they want to hear about? And this was one that came from someone in the audience, uh, 
it actually came from Kayla, if I remember correctly. Does that? Yep. Yep. That's right. That's correct. And Kayla is, as our listeners are about to hear, she's an enigmatic person. She is so energetic, um, so fun to be around, but most importantly, such an authentic person and an authentic recruiter uh, that once we decided that, yes, the topic was great, we knew it just, it just had to be, it had to be Kayla. And Carrie is very familiar with us Loyola. She is on our counselor advisory board. Mm -hmm. Um, She's one of the leaders in the Louisiana ACAC um, organization. Um, And she's one of the folks that I met early in my time here at Loyola that I, you know, I kind of coined the term straight shooter. Like she just would tell me exactly how it was. And when Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure things out and what problems I needed to address right away, she had no problem telling me. exactly what needed to happen and what we were doing wrong, but also what we were doing right. And I just felt that that honesty and, you know, her being very authentic about the experience that um, she was having with the Loyola counselor, it's carried through. And so Mm -hmm. she's always wanted to say, um, you know, what's happening on the high school side. um, But she will also admit that she works at an all girl school in the deep South, like mm-hmm. that she doesn't know everything as it comes to all the schools everywhere. So um, I think these two perspectives here on opposite ends of the Mississippi river, <laughs> um, <laughs> which, but... which, which the Mississippi river should go all the way to Lake Superior. I will I make that argument to anyone who will hear me. I can do you know, one of the things I'm really excited for our listeners to hear from Carrie is when we talk with her about how a student can tell when a college is being inauthentic. And I think um, I, I would just put a marker down for our listeners for that to, to really zero in on that that question when we ask it. All right. Well, I think it's time we heard from our guests. One quick note about the interview with Carrie. I've gone back and listened to it, and we actually were recording that in one of our late summer thunderstorms that happen every day about three o'clock here in New Orleans. (laughs) So the audio is a little off and a little robotic on Zoom, but we had such a great conversation. We decided to keep it in and not re-record. So just a (laughs) heads up and we apologize for that in advance, Um, but it's a really good one. So here's our conversation with our influencer guest, Carrie Caruso, followed by our conversation with our practitioner guest, Kayla O'Keefe. As always, we hope you enjoy these discussions and we'll see you on the other side. Well, TJ, I'm really excited for episode number 30 and our first interview here in authenticity and recruitment. Carrie Caruso, the college, excuse me, the college scholarship coordinator at Mount Carmel Academy in New Orleans, Louisiana, a local, is joining us. Welcome to the Lunchcast, Carrie. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, we're really excited to have you and we're really excited to tackle this topic with you this afternoon. But first off, for those of our listeners that don't know you or haven't met you down here in Louisiana, can you give us a little bit of your background and how you got to your your current position? Yeah, so my 
um, introduction to college admissions began in the summer of 2004 when I was charged with bringing about 50 students um, over the course of eight days to visit colleges and universities, um, uh, uh, kind of to New Orleans and from New Orleans to DC. And um, I did that for a number of years before becoming a college advisor in the 09-10 school year, where I um, just began a college program at a high school that had never had a college counselor before. And so I'm entering my seventh year here at Mount Carmel, and um, the world of college admissions is ever-changing. So I feel like despite where I started, I'm always learning something new. And we all are. And I think that's one of the things that keeps a lot of us with it, right? That there's always something new, pandemic or no, right? Correct. Yes, it actually is one of the things I love most about being a college counselor is that there's things are not stagnant um, in any way, shape or form, regardless of the topic that we're talking about um, in admissions. So it's something that some things certainly do stay the same, um, you know, student emotions and the act of applying and fears of leaving or something like that. But then there's all these other things that just keep evolving. So it's exciting. Well, something that I hope that doesn't evolve, keep evolving is authenticity. And I know there's a number of us in the college side, um, probably more at smaller schools, um, but we really, really focus on relational recruitment and we try every day to be very authentic in recruitment. So from your perspective on that, in that college counseling role, what do you think it means for a college to be authentic in recruiting? So um, I think... When a, when a recruiter or when a college um, is as actively recruiting students that they are who they say they are. So, um, you know, when a, when a college rep comes and, and gives descriptions of the school or things to expect when they're there or talks about campus culture, when a student goes to that campus to tour or when a student enrolls at that school, um, all of those elements are seen. Um, or felt um, in that. And I think that authenticity, not just in those religions, but in terms of visuals. So does the visuals that you're giving to students, um, prospective students, I mean, um, represent the culture of the school? Does it represent, you know, who the student body is? Um, you know, another aspect I think to authenticity is who is the school targeting? You know, do they kind of, do they understand and are they true about who they are as a school and then target, um, you know, high school groups uh, within certain parameters, even maybe um, that sort of mesh with an ideal student at their school or a student who's successful at their school. Carrie, can you um, just dig a little deeper when you say, you know, the visuals, do they represent the culture? Do they represent the student body? Um, I think there's some implied uh, examples of what that might mean, but can you can you unpack that just a little further for us? Oh, sure. So prior to becoming a college counselor, I was in marketing and PR. And um, one of the things that was important um, when I was designing, say, a brochure or um, and I did this understand just understand that I did this pre um, social media. So at the time, you know, that wasn't really a, a focus of the marketing, but 
When I look at a printed material and I see four people, we'll just use that as an easy example. And I see four people, you know, three are women, mm-hmm. uh, one is male, um, you know, two are, di- or, um, you know, maybe have ethnic diversity. Um, I want to know inherently, does that represent, do you have three fourths of your student population say that are female and what does that say about your campus culture then if, if you are three-fourths female, um, if I'm a male student, for example? So um, I think authenticity is um, kind of, that, that's what I meant, I guess, when I talked about the visuals and the representation is that um, even in the social media platforms uh, that colleges are using or that student groups within, because um, a lot of recruiting is coming, I just, from what I see, um, the recruiting piece is actually in hands, is outside sometimes of the admissions office, right? So social media groups who have the musical theater troupe that's got a, a, a Instagram page or something, you know, students who are interested in musical theater are going to that and sort of like, what does that say about the university and how they're presenting themselves um, and what is, um, kind of present there in terms of interactions with students and and the education that they're getting and professor relations and things of that nature. Does that? It does, it does, thank you. So it, you know, that question on the college side, we have that a lot, right? Like what's the the right um, mix of students and student types and student organizations and activities. And, you know, up in Wisconsin, we always debated how many snow pictures to put in the view book, right? Um, Nathan and I specifically had that conversation at great length several times. Um, but how can a, how can you, or, or perhaps more importantly, how can a student identify or suspect when a college is being inauthentic? So students today, the ones I work with anyway, they're not really looking at a lot of printed stuff. Um, but I do think some in ways that you can tell is by the types of pictures that they're taking, um, you know, they all like the, you know, if you're a school in, in a coastal city, you know, or is it all pretty pictures with sailboats, for example, you know, like that's not really the life of a student there, um, not even on the weekends, maybe, or every weekend. But I think when they're in person, um, you know, when recruiters come here, one of the things that, and one of the things that I that students are turned off to, I would say, is that when the rep comes and the first thing that the rep says is, do you all have any questions about my school? And I think either that person doesn't really know their own school um, that they're recruiting for, right? Or they don't really care that the students in the room might be wanting to learn more about their school or hear a little bit more about their school And so they're sort of presenting in a way that they themselves are disinterested in what they are presenting on as recruiters. Um, And I think a lot of that comes out of like when we were in person, their body language can also speak to that. Like, are we just going through the motions of, um, I had to come and do so many visits and therefore I can make my recruiting season more robust or complete. Um, But they're not really being authentic in the fact that they're not really interested in who's in the room. Um, and they're not really necessarily interested in why those students came um, to the to learn more about them. Um, another way I think that colleges can be inauthentic is that they try some may try to be all things to all people. 
sort of saying like it's like institutional goals gone wild you know um just you can't be all things to all people and so when you try to be it doesn't really come across as anything authentic um to your prospective families I, I might get that on a coffee cup. Uh, did you say institutional goals gone wild? Yes, I, <laughs> yes, I did say that. Yes. <laughs> or a t-shirt or something, um, a stress ball, maybe that'd be probably yes. better. Just yes, for <laughs> vice president. <laughs> just just not as a sticker on the back of your laptop, Nathan. Right, right. Exactly. But I I agree with you that that, yeah. And and you know, the, you're preaching to the choir here, of course, that TJ and I have always talked about that, you know, when, when you try to be like school down the street, you lose. But when you try to be like yourself and, and try to represent yourself in your instant, you're always going to win. Uh, and you're yes, always going to come I, across as authentic. Yes. And students respond positively to that, you know, right. because they then know what defines a school and what mm -hmm. makes them a good candidate for that school in a much better way um, which is helpful in their search, research, matriculations, et cetera. I think that leads into my third question pretty nicely. And I think this is one we all struggle with. Um, and, and bear with me, I'm going to take a long time to ask this question. I'm sure teachers are going to make fun of me either during this interview or after this interview. Um, but when we're building admission staffs, and again, our our primary uh, audience here, admissions directors, you're trying to find a lot of different individual personalities and, and you especially want to encourage that. And especially if you're a school that has a lot of different individuals, you're not just a, the, a school that is one different ethnicity or one different you know, geogra geographical representation. Um, how do you, you know, how does it come across to you when maybe there's an admissions counselor that comes to your group and, you know, they're very individual themselves, but maybe they're not connecting with your students um, and they, or they may only represent one portion of that institution when in reality, there's a whole nother portion because some institutions do have, you know, they're kind of split down the middle, let's say political views or half Republican, half Democrat or, or half independent or whatever else. So, you know, have you seen that happen when maybe there's um, student, when there's counselors that aren't connecting, but they're still trying to be authentic and, and how do we go about getting across all the institutional priorities when maybe the, that admissions counselor is only representing one? portion, if that makes sense. I, I, I preface it that it was a long question, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, I mean, in the number of years that I've been doing college counseling um, in, a, in a pretty direct way with students, um, there's always been a diverse group of people um, representing many different universities who have come to talk with students. And I think in answering your question, um, it doesn't matter what rep, what like diverse group that person represents um, when they're able to, when it's felt, I guess, that they have fully embraced the campus culture and the campus for which they represent, um, whether they weren't an alum of that school um, or not, it is so evident that that person truly, I think, um, can help any student understand what that school is all about. Um, 
and I, some of the folks that I have, um, that have come through, you know, I'm at an all female high school and they might suggest to a student like, Hey, I'm going to, here's the information for the person, um, who oversees the women in engineering, um, you know, group that we have on campus. I'd love for you to connect with her a little bit further to kind of understand some things that maybe I, who went to the school, who is not a female may not be able to address um, directly, but they're certainly able to reference like stories or other things. Um, I do think that you can through honesty and through a genuine listening ear, build uh, a dialogue with any prospective family, regardless of the background you have or that they have. Um, and I, I just, I witnessed that, I guess, um, as, as folks have come to campus, um, you know, and met with students or just um, as I've kind of sat with prospective students and the rep together. Um, I don't know that you have to have like, oh, well, I'm female, so I have to send a female to a, an all-female high school, for example, for that connection to occur. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think I was thinking more along the lines of maybe major interests or just different political views or something along those lines. Oh, I'm I sorry. Think, yeah, no, that that was a great path that you went down. I completely understand that, <laughs> especially at a girl's school. That's probably important as well. Yeah. But, you no, know, sometimes, I, go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. I was going to say, if you have like uh, somebody that maybe you had a missions counselor that was a student athlete, right? And they're trying to talk to a, a fine arts student, you know, or, or whatever, like they're going to have a hard time sometimes relating, especially maybe a newer admissions counselor. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a hard time mm -hmm. being authentic about the type of experience that they're speaking about, because maybe that wasn't their type of experience. And I'm making an assumption here that it was an alum, you know, that maybe. No, absolutely. Was an alum. So I think to, um, to address something like that, like let's start with the political conversation. Um, I think the authenticity out of admissions when you all and then the folks, you know, are sending recruiters is do your research on the schools and the area before you come. You know, um, I think that, for example, if you're going to recruit at my high school, you know, we may not want to talk about um, the, oh, I'm trying to think of, of a topic um, that's not too heated. Um, you know, you, you have to know that we're sort of a conservative uh, student population in general. Um, we're religiously affiliated. And while not everyone subscribes to every Catholic belief that, that is out there necessarily, that there are certain values that inherently exist amongst the majority of our students. And so um, I think keeping that in mind um, so that the person who is recruiting can say, like, I came from a background, politically speaking, similar to yours, but what I learned when I was on this campus, right, is that the diversity of thought becomes really important because it helped to further shape, like, what I really believe versus um, in, in a really adult, say, an adult way. Um, so I think knowing your audience there can be very helpful. You know, I wouldn't send somebody who is from the deep, deep South to some parts of the New England area where he founded the NRA association on like a college or something. Like, I just, I think that there's, um, a balance there and sort of knowing and knowing your audience. Um, 
as far as the choice of majors goes, I think that unfortunately, not all recruiters have enough time, especially if they didn't go to the school, they don't have enough time to learn about all the things that a college offers in advance of recruiting season. And so, um, I, you know, you almost wish that the recruiters could go through almost like a student orientation to like learn what we all have and learn what's out there. Um, because that's what happens when, that's what I see is that new recruiters in particular who may not have attended that university will have to more often say, I'll have to find out more about that and get back to you. Um, because they really, in, in all fairness, I don't know, have always had enough time to learn all of that in addition to their like quote other duties as assigned to to figure that out before they're they're on the road and busy as all ever you know mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah and i think that that's we've talked about that a little bit um on a couple of previous episodes also about like mid-cycle training like it's almost helpful you know you try to get them as trained as you can and knowing that like sometimes it just works out that you hire them two weeks before you need them to go on a trip um but then continuing the training trying to continue to get the the counselors especially new counselors to learn as much as they can um and find out the holes you know, um where they were maybe they're on the road they don't know they got a question that they don't know about but i think what you said is key is that the, if they are comfortable enough to say, hey, I need to find that information out and not try to just make up something on the spot, that's definitely being inauthentic, right? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, the other challenge that I see sometimes in recruiting is that depending on the size of the university, this is typically larger universities where not everything for recruiting funnels through one central office hmm. is that it's like the college of fill in the blank is going to reach out to students. The admissions office is reaching out to students. Um, you know, you have these sort of like siloed groups that also reach out. And so there's not like really like a connection or a connectivity like thread between all of that. Um, and sometimes I think that presents a challenge for prospective families because it's like, well, the recruiter for the college of fill in the blank has reached out to me. Now, who do I talk to? Like who, right. you know, um, who's my point of contact and that can also just add another layer to this authenticity conversation. Well, Carrie, this has been great. And if you can believe it, we're already at the end. So before we let you go, I'm going to ask you the same two questions that we ask all our guests. Um, what are you working on next this fall? And then how can folks get in touch with you? Should they want to continue the conversation and or maybe schedule a high school visit to Mount Carmel Academy. <laughs> sure. So what I'm working on next is um, expanding our coffee college series. So a couple of years ago, um, through an idea that I learned from someone else and sort of tailored it to meet our family's needs is we started a coffee college series for parents of uh, students grades nine through 11 to talk about different topics related to college admissions. And I wanna expand the topics that we've been able to offer in the past. And I also am finding uh, my goal for this year is to find better ways to involve our alumni in college research for students and kind of working more closely with our recent graduates to better inform students about maybe life on campus or what their experience was like since there's a shared experience and having gone to this high school 
and living in this city. And then as, uh, if folks want to get in touch with me, uh, my email is best. It's K-C-A-R-U-S-O at M-C-A-C-U-B-S dot O-R-G. And um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, you can certainly message me. I don't check Facebook super often. I may or may not get to your message in a <laughs> quick time frame, but I will reply back when I do see it and can make uh, connections from there. Well, I encourage folks to reach out. I, if you're recruiting down here in the deep South, I highly encourage that you make a stop at Mount Carmel Academy. There's a lot of great students there and you're doing a great job. So thank you so much, Carrie, for what you're doing for the profession. And then of yes. course, thanks for joining the LunchCast. Hey, Tiggy. Hey, Nathan. Did you know that we are on the NACAC Podcast Network? Actually, I'm pretty sure you do know we're on the NACAC Podcast Network. Yeah. Do you need me here for this conversation? Seems I don't like know. Got I both to... sides. Yeah, I'm really doing it with myself here. But anyway, so I think we should promote it a little bit. And we thought we should promote it a little bit. So we went out to some of our colleagues on this podcast network and ask them if they would like to be included in some of our episodes and just a little teaser because we're trying to promote all of these podcasts because they're just there's some really great content out there all related to the college admissions process so i think it's time we probably hear from a little clip from one of our colleagues what do you yeah. think Diggy? i i think you've never done improv that's pretty clear Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Ellen and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips to help you get into your dream school. This season, I've interviewed former admissions officers from Yale, Columbia, Dartmouth, Duke, NYU, Johns Hopkins, and more, and explored everything from the latest admissions trends to creative writing strategies for college applications. Our catalog features over 60 episodes with a new episode posted every other Monday. We're inside the admissions office. Find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, Nathan, I can't tell you how genuinely excited I am uh, to bring Kayla O'Keefe, an admissions advisor at Mount Mary University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to the LunchCast to help us discuss authenticity in recruiting. I was really excited for Kayla for this topic in particular, uh, because as I'm sure she'll, she'll mention, we had worked together at Northland. And during one of our August training sessions, we did a mock college fair where I still remember, this was in 2016, but I still remember watching Kayla and just being amazed at how good she was in that moment, in that environment. And Nathan, when I tell you, I, you know, I've seen thousands of people at college fairs at this point, thousands of admissions counselors. Kayla is by far the best I have ever seen. And it's not even close. And I really think it has to do with just her authentic interest in everyone who walks up to her. 
and uh, I can't think of anyone better for this topic. So Kayla, welcome to the Lunchcast. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I listened to the podcast for quite some time. So I feel very honored to be here and to be chosen for this topic. It's, it's something I hold near and dear to my heart. So thank you both so much for having me. Yes, of course. Kayla, for, for folks that don't know you, can you give us just a general overview of your professional career so far and how you landed in your current role? Of course. So I feel like as most people do, we all just sort of fell into admissions. I went to school at Northland College and loved Ashland and the whole Northwood so much that I didn't want to leave and a job opened up in admissions and I applied and from there I've been on a a wild journey from being an on-campus counselor to being a Chicago regional for Northland and then for a larger public Wisconsin school going back to on-campus and now falling to um, Mount Mary which is a, a smaller university as well so it just kind of all fell in my lap and I'm so grateful for it all. And I get to now call Milwaukee home because of it. So I'm going into my ninth recruitment season. Wow. Yeah. It, it goes by so quick, doesn't it? It it really does. I was talking to a new counselor the other day and I, I counted all counted it all out and was a little stunned. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Kayla, I mean, the first question, it's just teeing you up pretty wide open here. What does what does it mean to be authentic in recruiting? I've been thinking about this question a lot. And I, what I've discovered is when you're planning for fall travel, what normally the question that ends up coming up is, okay, what, what is the 5% that makes us different? But what we should be asking is what 5% makes us different as counselors, right? Everyone is going to the same, or everyone is going through those college fairs, right? Every single counselor is saying, oh my gosh, personalized assistance. We can make sure you get that internship. Oh, we have X, Y, and Z for you. Well, they also just heard that at the school before and the school before that. So Mm -hmm. what I think what makes us, or what makes authentic recruiting so important is realizing that that 5% that makes you different is you as the counselor. So really what we want to do is tell the students what we can offer them, but make sure it's what they need. Not every student needs individualized attention. Maybe they need a pocket full of resources. Well, let's tell them where those are. And I think showing up with the same energy as the person that's in front of you while being yourself allows that connection If a student comes up and is like, oh my goodness, I really want to do marine biology, but they're looking at only schools that are located in the Great Lakes, I think being honest with them (laughs) and saying, well, maybe that's not the best idea and here's why, but then pointing them in the right direction. There have been a lot of college fairs where I've talked to a student and it just really wasn't the right fit. It really wasn't. And I said, okay, well, I actually have a few ideas off the record and I've pointed them in other universities or other schools that I didn't work for. But Mm -hmm. because of that, they circled back to me with friends that were a good fit. So it's not just being honest in the recruiting that you're doing for the university that you work for, but really making sure that you're serving the student 
that is in front of you and having them feel that. And I sometimes feel like that can get lost in translation when, oh, I need to make my numbers. I need to do this, but who we're serving is the student and they feel that there are a lot of individuals that have been doing this for much longer than I have. And you can feel the muscle memory in them. And although there's muscle memory in what we do, I think it's important to always be adjusting and you, and you do that by really listening to who is in front of you and working with them instead of kind of shouting at what they think or what you think they need to know. <laughs> or, or what you've been told are your institution's three, four, five differentiators. Yes. Here's, here's what makes us different. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure I just heard that from the other school around the corner, but okay, I can let them know. <laughs> it's, it's really just showing up as who you are and being the, being that ambassador for the institution, but just meeting them where they're at. There are a lot of first year students or first generation applicants that need more assistance. I'm going to be that for them. And there are other students that are like, I have everything done. Here's my folder. Oh, okay, great. I guess you don't need anything from me, but it's, it's just, it's just meeting them and being that 5% of what is different. Interesting. Kayla, I found, I think you touched on something really important there. And I think what I've found in my career, the people, the admissions professionals that have identified that and gotten really good at that actually are more satisfied in their careers. <laughs> and they're yeah. the ones that have stuck with it because they like that aspect of being able to actually help families and help students compared to just trying to meet numbers, just staying on the talking points. And that's something that um, I can see usually with young staff members pretty quickly in the first year or two, if they are getting that. And if they're pushing back and saying like, no, actually I probably could have gotten those three kids to deposit, but instead I knew X, Y, and Z school were gonna be better for them and I moved it. But they're always hesitant to say that, especially to a director and certainly to a VP. Oh, of course. Um, but I, you know, I try to encourage that. And I think because that's why we're really in this business is to help these families and help these students. So I think you touched on something really important there, um, not only for um, what it means to be authentic um, to the families, but authentic to yourself, if that makes sense. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And I, there's just been a lot of examples where, because I've been so authentic, maybe mm -hmm. to the point where people haven't liked how authentic I have been with families <laughs> and students, I've been able to build these very lasting relationships. So when I first started admissions, I called a student to tell them that they were accepted and they cried. They put me on speakerphone. I talked to the family and I still get updates from that family about what that student is doing now. Yeah, of so course you, you do. <laughs> so you can just build these connections by really yeah. being a resource. And also that helps with retention. And I think that people sometimes don't realize that those two are connected. Right, right. Let me switch a little bit um, when we talk about retention and specifically about um, the school that you're representing and understanding, because I think what we're really kind of hitting on here is being a really understanding the institution that you're representing. Mm -hmm. So um, let's say, you know, I think maybe this was the case, um, maybe in your career in one of these institutions where you represented a very 
um, a niche school and it was a niche that maybe didn't apply to you personally. And I can speak to this as well. You know, I moved regions when I came down to Doyle in New Orleans. I, I clearly do not have a Southern accent. I don't say y'all. <laughs> you had me fooled. You had yeah, me right? fooled. <laughs> and I had no idea what Mardi Gras even was. But um, so let's say you're, you know, let, to the listeners out there and there may be at these institutions that are, it's not a niche that represents themselves personally. Um, how do you manage to be authentic to yourself and the brand of the institution at the same time? And how did you do that personally in your career, Kayla? First, so for some context, I'm originally from Boston and lived enjoyed every second of living in that area. I was not an outdoorsy person at all. And then I went to a school where our orientation was a seven day camping trip. So <laughs> right away. Great. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now I'm very outdoors. Well, very outdoorsy is a little bit of a stretch, but I'm now more You're outdoorsy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can go outside pretty much. It's really sure. wonderful. Um, so I, <laughs> it's great. I learned that students are kind of coming in with questions that they think they're supposed to ask Mm. instead of what they really want to know. So working for kind of a niche school or a more targeted school, people can come up who maybe might not look very outdoorsy, but I can tell them how it could work for them. Or I currently work for an institution that's all women's. That's also a very niche institution. I think it's about trusting the mission of where you're at and then kind of putting that in an imagery that the student can understand. For niche universities, it can be really difficult to connect with those students. And that's where coming in authentic is really important. You can go to a really outdoorsy school and you don't have to ever really go outside. There were clubs and organizations that had nothing to do with the fish that were in Lake Superior. There were (laughs) a lot of um, just extra activities, but then it's making sure that the student knows they have to seek that out. But that's the same thing at every institution. Uh If you want to learn something new. Okay. Well, then you're going to have to go to the bulletin board and figure out all the clubs and organizations. There are niches everywhere and making sure that the student knows that even though we're a niche university, that doesn't label you as this is really important and important to determine right away because working for an environmental institution where your core classes or your general education classes, you're walking out with an environmental studies minor. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stereotypes that go into that, but kind of breaking it down saying, well, here's where this can work for you. Or I do understand, but there are a lot of other students who are doing this. It's letting families and students know the experience they can have that works best for them. And that was kind of a really a ramble. And I, I apologize for that. Uh, so I can rephrase that if you'd like, <laughs> but really it's just being upfront about who we are, no matter yeah. what institution you're working for. 
You know, Kayla, it's interesting because I obviously I've worked at that same school as as your as that you went to, and it had the environmental hippie stereotype. And you and I are very similar in that we it, we are suburban as the day is long, right? Like, yep. take us to a mall, and we can get to the Bed Bath and Beyond in two minutes flat. Um, oh, of course. But I think for me, what I what I found is being out on the road and being authentically myself helps people see how they themselves could could blend into that same environment, even if they didn't fit the stereotype that they had. hundred um, percent. And it helps to break the stereotype as well. So you put those two things together and it, it, it works really well. It does. And I think by, I, I tried really hard to not go into any meeting that I have with students ready to talk about my experience. Mm -hmm. I only bring it up if I feel like there's a benefit. So if a student is saying, oh, I could never go to an all women's university, or I could never go to a small university, or I could never go to an environmental one, I can kind of bring in, I said that level of knowledge by being like, listen, I felt the same way. And Mm -hmm. here's how it was really beneficial. Or I understand that a small university is really not what you want, but here's why it's great. And I also kind of found that when working at a bigger institution too, there were some students that felt like the the school that I worked for previously was too small, even though we were at about 30,000. So then I tried to have, I had to make this big school even bigger. So it's just showing up with what they need with some of the experiences while still making it about them. Yeah. Well, Kayla, I'd like to ask you about the, the inverse. Have you, um, or how have you seen students react to moments of inauthenticity, either from a counselor or from like the institution when they stray from who they are? I think that, I thought about this question before and I think about it more, especially during travel season, because you can spot them. Mm-hmm. It's, and th- the individuals that think they're blending in by being inauthentic are not, they're actually standing out. And students feel that, especially now with COVID, the connections that they're making with people and the judgments that they're making with people are quicker than ever because they can just do all the research that you're telling them online. They don't need to talk to us. So when you are being inauthentic, there's an instant distrust for not just you as a professional, but the university that you work for and us as a whole profession, if you're inviting a student to fill out an inquiry card because you don't have the answer to something and what you do is not provide them with the resources, they're just now going to delete all of the emails that they're getting because they actually didn't want to learn about the school. They wanted to learn about that specific thing that they asked you about that you said you'd help provide them with. And you see that a lot with the bigger universities, unfortunately, who are, okay, well, I need to get a whole bunch of inquiries because some of these might become apps. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad. And I, I did work for a bigger institution. And even during that time, I was really quick to to let people know, hey, we might not be that best fit because I, I don't want them 
to be lied to, right? There's a lot of universities and a lot of counselors who are going to promise majors that they don't have. And then the student gets to campus and it's like, well, wait a second. I, I can't do what I want to do here. And now they leave and they might not be able to leave because their grades weren't good because they were taking classes that had nothing to do with what they want to do. So it sets them back when there's just a distrust. So seeing it, I, I've, I've made some enemies, I guess maybe enemies is not the wrong, the right word, but I've really gone up to someone and been like, Hey, I'm pretty sure you actually don't have that major or, Hey, can you tell me about it? I didn't know you had it just to kind of make sure that what they're saying is correct. And Mm -hmm. if I see it, I definitely don't call it out to the student, but I, I do try to make sure like, Hey, make sure that we're doing your own, your own research. It's important because we're setting students up for failure when we're not being honest. Well, Kayla, this has been a fantastic conversation. Again, thank you so much for, for coming in to, to do this with us. Um, we are at the end. We like to just follow up with everybody with two final questions, which is first, what are you working on next? And then how can folks get in touch with you if they would like to? Sure. I. What I'm working on next is the end of travel season, which is very, very exciting. Um, travel season is my favorite time of the year. I love the long drives. I love traffic. I love Panera. What? I know. Oh man. I think traffic is hands down the greatest thing. Think of all the podcasts that you can listen to and all the stuff you can learn mm-hmm. because you're on travel season. So yeah, I'm wrapping that's great. So I'm wrapping that up and dealing with a lot of receipts at this point, but mm-hmm. I get to, I get to do that. And then to stay in touch with me, I am on LinkedIn and I try to update that as frequently as possible. Um, I'm in grad school, so I'm doing a lot of work with mental health in terms of college students. So if anybody has any ideas or thoughts on that, let me know, but yeah, I am I'm on LinkedIn under Kayla O'Keefe. Great. Thank you so much, Kayla. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. You know, Nathan, starting with such almost an esoteric topic, uh, I was a little worried that the the conversation wouldn't be tangible enough, but man, Carrie and Kayla just, they had so much great things to say. What, what stood out to you? I always enjoy listening to Carrie talk about what the students are doing right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, what, what is actually happening in the school? Um, She almost said it. One thing that stuck out to me, she, she's kind of said it just offhand, but like students aren't looking at print. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> um, but she she really tried to drive home that the admissions representative actually needs to represent the school, um, mm-hmm. and and that they need to engage the students um, and not just I said you know don't just walk into the classroom and say do you have any questions like you need to really talk about the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I 
I'm going to say it again. I know we joked around about it in the interview, but that institutional goals gone wild has to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> it or does a not coffee need to mug be on a t-shirt. Something. A coffee mug, fine. Oh my gosh, that was funny. But she, you know, talk about being authentic. And like, that's really what it means. Like the students can see through it. The college mm-hmm. counselors can see through it. Like be your school, figure out what works. Don't try to be somebody else. And um, you know, th- that really came through from Carrie's interview. How about Kayla? I have I have a couple of highlights from Kayla, but I know you have that relationship with her and usually with her solitude first. I did. I hired Kayla to her first uh, admissions counselor role way back at, at Northland College on the very top of Wisconsin. But, um, you know, I really liked Kayla talking about how she... Um, I'll say guides and assists uh, new reps at other colleges, right? The way she mm-hmm. kind of um, settles up to them a little bit and is like, hey, you, you know, kind of similar to what, what you just said from, from Carrie, you can't be all things to all people. You, you, have to, you have to not just say, of course, you can become a social worker at this college. It doesn't have social work. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can, you can. <laughs> you can't, yeah. But you should, you should start with a plain blanket statement of, we do not have social work. We do have psychology. And from there, you could go into a master's program in social work. We have two students who've done it. I can tell you their names. Like that's a, the, the approach. And um, but let me tell you, Kayla, she, she holds that mirror up to, to everyone around her, right? Um, I appreciated what you talked about, the 5%. Mm-hmm. That you said the 5% that makes a difference to the students, actually the personality of the counselor. I, I might, I'm completely paraphrasing that, but like it really does matter. And the um, the admissions counseling, uh, the admissions counselor personality does come across. It is memorable and you have to, I don't know whether she's trying to get to the point that you have to differentiate yourself. Um, but if you are true to yourself as well as your school, mm-hmm. you're going to win and you're going to be memorable um, to the families, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, we, I, we talked with Kayla a little bit about, um, how to be authentic to yourself while being authentic to the brand of the institution at the same time. Right. Um, I don't think we fully dived into it in the interview, but Kayla, much like me, is about as suburban as it gets. Drop us off in a mall blindfolded. We will get to the Barnes and Noble on the exterior strip. I within, think you said about Bath five and minutes. Body Works or maybe it's, Bed Bath and Beyond in the interview. That's it's now the second time you've told that little anecdote. We'll get there, right? But the college we worked at together, um, you know, it was, it was rather crunchy granola, right? It was very eco hippie, um, et cetera. So for, for us, for me and Kayla specifically to be on the road and representing that institution, it was, it was something I put a lot of thought into. Like, I can't, I can't present that way. Right. I, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't land. It wouldn't take, um, but so how do, how do you find the balance? And I, I think that was a good good element of the conversation with Kayla as well. There was there was no need to say that I repeated the story, Nathan. I'm just going to edit it out. I know you probably will, but I really think you should end uh, because both are great locations. So um, the last thing I'll say about that, I agree with you wholeheartedly about <clears throat> trying to figure out how to represent the institution when you aren't necessarily embodiment of the institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've struggled that my with that myself when I've been at these different institutions that I'm not necessarily that I maybe wouldn't have gone to does that make sense or mm-hmm, I wouldn't have mm-hmm. been the easy like oh yeah that's going to be on my list mm-hmm. um 
I think if you as an admissions counselor and admissions director can tell your admissions counselors, listen, you might not have gone here, but here are the reasons that you're excited. Here are the cool things that this college is doing. And here's why, um, and here's, here's what this college is about. Does that match with you? And if it doesn't, cool. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. three other tables down the, down the road. Uh, or down the road that you can that you can talk to some awesome rep that you let me walk you over to them because maybe we just started out and then you don't even have the major but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. maybe this isn't a place maybe you want to be at a rural school and you thought Loyola was maybe in the country but hey no we're in the middle of a major city so that's not going to work for you <laughs> let's go somewhere else um, and, you know so I think there's a way that you can still be excited and communicate the um, the culture of the place right. without having to be like a poster for it. If that yeah, you sense. don't have to co-opt it. It was interesting. Yeah. When I first arrived, there were eight admissions counselors. Um, only one of them was not an alum. And the, the one who is not an alum was the, the, the counselor who looked like she would be on a poster, right? Like if I'd walked right. all eight of them down the main street in that town, everybody in the town would have pointed to that one person as, as, as coming from that college. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's, that's great, but in every institution, right? Like there's a multitude of students who can find their place there and, right. and that's okay. Even if the, the brand identity is, is kind of leaning in one direction. Well, another great conversation here. Um, if we're being authentic, I, I think we need to wrap it up. This has already gone way too long. We've had some really good closing banters this season. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of us. This was good. Do you know what, what you should also know? With my eyes closed, I could get you a red robin as well. You know, I've never eaten robin. Are you kidding me? Hand again. Oh, my goodness. When I was uh, up at that college that Kayla and I worked at, uh, there was a counselor. You know her. She Whitney. She was a guest on our show season oh, yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She had never been to a city. And I'm just a city. A city. Right. She only lived up up there. And so we did a road trip to Milwaukee and I took her to a Red Robin in Oshkosh, Wisconsin by Oshkosh Bagosh. And I told, convinced her that Red Robin was a locally owned restaurant. <laughs> I told her, I told her the truth very quickly before we left the restaurant, but that's my, that's my fun Red Robin story. Still not convincing me to go. All right. Well, now we're really long, really long in the closing banter. So I'm going to wrap it up. All right. Well, that was a great episode. Number 30 about authenticity and recruitment. As always, I'm Nathan. I'm Tej. And that was the lunch guest. Thanks folks. Nathan, I have a real problem in that I just learned my other podcast, my unprofessional one. My mother is listening to it. Oh, I have so many family stories in that series. This is going to be a problem. That sounds like a you problem. It's a me problem. It's a my sister problem. <laughs> my, my cousins are wrapped up in this. My <laughs> nephew doesn't fare well. <laughs>